Hello, I'm Andrea the Narrative, and you are listening to My Life on the Sask Music D-List. Today, I have a very special guest joining me today, and my guest will introduce themselves. Hello, everybody. It is me, John 1000. might have known me from my work in the Saskatchewan <laughs> slash Prince Albert scene. No, I just, I did some shows in PA. I came to Saskatoon and now I'm, I'm making art. I've been making music the whole time. <laughs> Probably should have prepared an intro, but thanks for having me on. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, basically uh, I just put out um, like a like another album, I guess, like a mini album, like an e- I don't know, is it LP? Just a few songs. I put out ten songs. I called it the Kank Pace Two, uh, because I did the Kank Pace One <laughs> a long time ago, and it's kind of like electronic glitch, like lo-fi, kind of like hip hoppy, but like I I don't know, like I always kind of looked up to people that were like good at. At performing and stuff and then like going to shows it just made it seem so accessible to like do do music so i just like i i guess i, I make a lot of stuff i make like art and stuff like lots of paintings and drawings so like music really goes with it and like i'm kind of bad at it like i don't have like actual like you know training but i feel like the feeling comes through <laughs> and i don't know yeah, I, I'm uh, have like a lot to lot to say, but I don't. I'm kind of joking. How are you, Andrea? I'm good. I have a great respect for you. You're so talented in so many different areas, and I think that's super punk and super hardcore. Um, not only do you kill it in the visual art sphere, but you're a talented fill in the blank core electro scene and guitar player in the punk core world, but you're also super skilled in the skate scene and super brilliant at creating miniatures and yeah thank well thank you yeah i kind of forget i forget about skating and stuff but yeah i've loved uh yeah i just have like a big um like i guess a a drive or something for for a long time and like i guess i go through like the dark moments like i'm kind of going through a dark moment but there's like some moments where it's like so clear like what I want to do kind of and that it just like oh it's just like work that I have to put in so then it, it just feels like if I just put in the work but then I'm also kind of like ADHD or whatever so it's like I'm always bouncing between them I guess so yeah like I'm just getting into miniatures like really hard like the last couple of years like making um I guess like I put in that that one into the man art uh winter festival show like the flesh mountain and that one was like, it's, it looks basically like a carved out, like monstrous, um, I don't know, like a void underneath a street. And it's just like red 
and it looks like like it's like shored up with just like wood and then I don't know how to describe it but it's just like it's been like really fun to make make like sculptures I guess more than just like drawing and like animating like I love to like draw and I'll like, I'd like compulsively draw and like yeah and that's where like animating like hand drawing would come hand-drawn animations would come in and I did those like dad cartoons in PA that were just like kind of offensive and fucked up but like they got people's attention at least kind of because they're, I guess maybe they're ambitious and they, like I, I guess they are because they're just like a lot a bunch of episodes but they're like kind of you know should probably just spend more time on each one but like yeah they're like dad's cartoons and they were just yeah but they kind of taught me a lot about like having a project or something like because when I didn't I wasn't in school and I was working uh, it felt like you like really had to have something else going on as well or or like my like I always had to have something that I was working on or looking forward to or like my soul was kind of whack it was kind of felt weird and then like once like yeah that show or something was over I would you'd get an adrenaline drop and it'd feel like weird after and like you're just like kind of empty so you'd always have to kind of keep keep the thing the projects going and I don't know so I have like a like a bunch of projects and like you'd always think they were the really good and then you kind of now you look back and like each one was kind of like but you, that's the thing with just making stuff is like it's always you always look back and it's kind of not not as good as you thought or something and then you kind of just build off of it and then you get better and better but yeah uh, I'm just thinking about like because like in in Prince Albert, that's where like I felt like there's so much creativity there for some reason. Like in Saskatoon, yeah, it's like there's so much creative stuff. Like there's gal, there's so many more galleries and there's there's like art shops and like there's the university. But then like just a little bit north where there's not that much, where there's just more like jails and stuff. It just felt like it was like like a creative hotspot of some sort. Like I just felt so so powered by that place that I. It makes sense because even though it's a smaller center, there's more drive since it's more concentrated and there's less um, distraction, maybe. distraction maybe and less um, competition. Um, unless maybe peers to compare yourself to yeah in a sense to maybe discourage yourself in that side-by-side -side comparison yeah yeah because that can I, be distracting yeah. and discouraging for artists I don't know if maybe yeah maybe it's just like you've yeah. Yeah. Cause I always thought like, like, yeah, like the LA's or like these big centers would be sick, but then like, would it be like, would you, would there just be like, yeah, would it be that sick? <laughs> like, I don't know. Cause yeah, I just like, there's a thing to be said about like, like, <laughs> like emptiness or something like a bit of like, I don't know, boredom is dope. <laughs> and like, not in like an overstimulated way, but like, like having time to like, like walk and think or something or whatever without maybe even headphones like 
it's kind of like raw dog world like it and let your thoughts think like it's really weird <laughs> I, I guess that's where i come up with like just walking it's like so good for my my thinking i guess it's just one of my coping mechanisms and how i do things i just and because when i got hurt i broke my leg and i guess for everyone listening I, I, I tore my acl and like my pcl and broke my fibula all in like one go it's like it was twisted backwards while i was skating down this hill and i like fell off and it hyperextended and it was like happened like almost two years ago now but it made it so i like, couldn't walk and then i like it really made me realize how much of my, my life and my, my personality is like tied up in my, my able body kind of. And like, as soon as like that happened and I was like housebound and like dependent kind of on other people and like my I cast from like my hip all the way to my ankle. And it was just like, like the, yeah, I'd never been like bedridden like that until I was, I don't know how old I was, I think 27. And it was fucked up. And it it's really changed like, it slowed me down a little bit. Like it made me like focus a bit more and kind of made me realize that like, um, <laughs> like made me really, I don't know. Like I yeah, thought about my body and stuff, but then thought about like other people kind of more, I guess. Like thought about accessibility, I guess, differently in a way that like, I just, I like, couldn't like, I'm like, I'm kind of losing a bit of the clarity, but I can kind of like, it's still, I can never forget how like inaccessible the world is and, like um how also how much like the healthcare system helped me and like that i i totally am 100 percent like for like socialism and stuff like that where it's like yeah communism or whatever like it, like it made me realize that, like i don't like i'm not just like this independent like guy or whatever and like i'm not i don't know it's just yeah <laughs> brought a lot of things into light and kind of bring me like more like almost political in a way just made me realize that I can't like like being apolitical is like like kind of playing into like you're just a right wing you just fall into like like a centrist isn't a real thing and stuff and blah 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 I don't know why getting hurt made me realize that but (laughs) oh for sure um for me working in healthcare has made me realize a lot of things I've seen kind of the other end, like, I know exactly, like, what surgical instruments they would have used um, to repair the ACL and what uh, trauma sets they would have used. Um, FYI, um, I, um, for those listening, my normal people job is um, putting together surgical instruments for sterilization prior to surgery. Um, so I'll get instruments that have been cleaned, but they're not set up in the surgical instrument cases for the surgeons. So I put them together and replace implants that have been used, such as screws and plates and that. So I'm thinking in such, oh, they use this screw and I'll go replace that screw. But yeah, I see 
a lot of need to think about that you yeah the people on the other end I was so grateful to like yeah everyone on the other end yeah basically and I remember seeing the pictures and I remember being so worried for you and knowing exactly what you were going through and just like oh my friend John oh and just knowing how truly yeah yeah they really understood and like I kind of pushed a lot of people away around that time but like I don't know there's a few people that like yeah really somehow remained like even closer friends (laughs) than ever I guess and like Mm -hmm. yeah like there's some people I just yeah like really trust now and there's some people I don't trust anymore (laughs) but that's doesn't matter yeah it's um that's not from that it's just like like I don't know like this whole like the masks and everything you just like kind of realize like some people just don't don't care about you and it's just like really weird to like you can't like unsee that and it's like even if they're like well we'll just go back to normal it's like I'm never gonna be like fully able to trust you the same (laughs) like there's this whole subsection of the population that I can't like unsee how they behave for sure the whole pandemic situation in has changed a lot of the ways I think and see things just working in healthcare and just seeing how a lot of the people around me have reacted and how yeah. healthcare in general um, is like collapsing or something like they're trying to make it collapse <laughs> well that and just so some hard. of the things I've seen behind the scenes in healthcare just is quite shocking and there definitely are things that can be improved on um my phone's like on still but um yeah it's like uh like i want to like i haven't been to shows basically since this pandemic has hit like and i don't know if that you know like some people have been and i'm sure there's like safe shows to go to but i like haven't really been to any and it's kind of whack and i don't know if i should like i'm gonna have to just like do it eventually (laughs) but i'm trying to be responsible (laughs) and stuff and like Oh, but I guess that's also like, yeah, probably wouldn't have been responsible. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Probably wouldn't have been responsible as much if I didn't get hurt and like bedridden and like forced inside as soon as everything got bad. Because I was just skating outside and stuff. And I was like, oh, wow, nobody's on the streets. I can just go skating now. And like, like a lot of people probably were. And, but basically, yeah, I I don't know. I used to have like that skate gang called teeth and now everyone like I kind of disbanded it because of how like half the people were just like yeah there's anti-maskers almost and like just like I don't know it like as soon as I disbanded it I don't think I should talk about this but as soon as I disbanded it people were telling me that like they kind of 
they thought that it was like a group of basically like abuser sympathizers and abusers and sympathizers kind of because it's like there's so many fucking shitty people like in this group mm-hmm. and like I don't know it's like so now I'm torn because like Keith was my my like love and joy where <laughs> it's like I just did it to like put put like my art onto stuff and like make like a skate team but then it, yeah it's like now it's known for like whack stuff I mean, it's known for like you know borderline fascist behavior it's like so yeah so if anyone's wondering what happened to teeth it's like it's like it's i can still make stuff i guess but it's just like kind of burned me out to have everyone just like constantly wanting shit from me and like you know like my own team being like never on the same side as me like my the co-founder just you know being like spouting some of the worst shit and blah blah blah. uh (laughs) this is drama well if it makes you feel any better teeth is when i think teeth i think teeth are you yeah like the creative side i hope yeah yeah that's what i that's think what I, teeth yeah i wanted to be like a skate collective where people are being like creative even in their tricks like inventing tricks and like and that's why i was always trying to just do do weird tricks and like not like weird but just i don't know like push it and change it and like I don't know, people like, I guess, liked that and they were drawn to that. But also it felt like like when sometimes when they were doing like their weird tricks, they were like doing it like in front of me to pander to me. And it's like they had their style and that's good. And I want them to have their style. But I mean, I'd like, I, I, I know I find like skateboarding is like about basically coming up with your own stuff too. Like it's not just about doing what everyone else is doing. And that's just like an old opinion, but that's, that's my, that's, I agree. But you should also be coming up with your own stuff no matter what you're doing, like always trying to push it. Mm-hmm. But it's hard. It's hard, especially when you're in like Saskatchewan. You were just like, yeah, in like the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and it's like, you know, who, who are your, like, like it works in a way that like you're compared to, like you only see like the best on the internet and stuff. So you think like you have to be the best, but it's also like, yeah, who are your, who are your like role models locally and who are your peers? And it's like, you're kind of jammed in with like weird people just because they're like there, like they're the ones who are like also creative or also like willing to do some stuff. I don't know. I used to think that like, I used to love like, well, I still love everybody, but I used to love like, like the weirdest people because they were like interesting. And it's like, Oh, I love this like person who's like, might not be stable or whatever, but it's like super interesting. And it's like, but then, if you hang out with only those types of people, it's like, you kind of like that rubs off on you a little bit. And it's like, so you gotta have like <laughs> good peers. Cause it's like one good peer, one good per- influence is like worth so much. Like one good influence in like my life, like can it, it'll change it for like, you know, a decade or something like five years. Like, like meeting Emma, like just changed my life so much. And like meeting, um, like, I guess, like, in the old days, like, Abe, Abraham, like, Lancaster, he got me into, like, playing Chaos Pads, and, like, I don't know, he's, like, a really, really talented musician, and he uses his a lot differently than, than I use mine, but he kind of just taught me the basics, like, brought it over one time, and we, I don't know, ate drugs or something, and, like, he had, uh, he just made, made it seem really doable and taught me, like, the basics of how to use, like, a sampler and, like, how to mix, mix stuff, I don't know, mix, like, loops, I guess. And then I was just like, that was like basically before I even graduated high school, I think. 
like that was right as soon as I was graduating because I remember like I like my mom was asking me if I wanted something for graduating kind of you know like because I'm privileged but then I wanted like like money toward a sampler and towards like this chaos pad so she gave me like a little bit toward this chaos pad or maybe she just paid it all and and then I just loved it I just played that I should have I should have it here and be holding it and then I kind of broke it <laughs> I kind of dropped it on the ground and stuff so then it, that's what gives me my signature you know the signature John 1000 lo-fi it dropped almost immediately and then my friend Scott had to like solder it back together I don't know, I probably should have taken more time to learn like how to actually make music, but then I just um, was really influenced by like, you know, like metal, I guess, and like grind and like, like black metal in the way that like they didn't care about quality of sound. <laughs> like I just, All of those so fill in the blank core. Yeah. And like, I almost like bought into like the elitism for a bit. So that's why I tried to only make like harsh music and just like, scared of just like i don't know <laughs> so now it, it's not bad like i don't know there was a time where yeah i only wanted to listen to like the harshest music and like like the stunt rock like stunt rock <laughs> and like venetian snares like i still love venetian snares but only like the harshest venetian snares and like the dormouses and like the the tachis like i still love all those guys but it was like no plus like kind of like every every i like so much music like, i realized like i just really really like music like, even listening to it <laughs> like buying an album like a good album on like even like a physical disc or whatever it's worth like more than it's weight and gold like even like a good totally. video game or anything it's worth like so so much like the re like the serotonin i can get from that <laughs> There's nothing like going down to the record store yeah, Getting it's a like nice it should be record. budgeted. Like you should budget it in, like your, you know, get like four a year or something at least. <laughs> budget? <laughs> oh hell's no! No one budgets <laughs> that. I'm so poor. <laughs> I was doing okay, but oh. <laughs> yeah. What album are you listening to right now, um, well, right now I'm listening to a little record that just dropped on that band camp uh, called. I love band camp. Uh, can Pace 2.0. Oh, oh no. Tape. no. Oh, you tricked me. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a couple others that just turned a 20 this year that I've been listening to somewhat in a nostalgia loop. Yeah. Uh, Let Go by Avril Lavigne because it's still a jam. And she's coming, isn't she? I think she is. Where on the street is... I might have a ticket with Curtis Co money. What? Yeah, other artist in that in the Man Art Show, forty sixth annual Winter Festival. Sweet. <laughs> he is, he might, we might be going there, but then we might get COVID there. I guess. Let's see how that goes. But yeah, Avril, and, and what was the other one? You were gonna say another one. 
Michelle Branch. The Spirit Room. Remember when that thing came out? Was it powerful? Did you watch it in theaters or anything? Is that no. a movie? An album. Oh. It had everywhere on it, you know. Everywhere to you. Oh. Come around and see. Love music, but don't know this. <laughs> you know. Or um, what was the other one? Okay, that's everywhere. What the devil is the other big hit off that one? To iTunes to figure it out. Because I was just listening to this. It was also featured heavily on the teen soap One Tree Hill. (laughs) When did that show stop airing? 2008? Probably. (laughs) They had Michelle Branch play it live and they made a big deal about it. And God, that was like 20 years ago, too. Were you, are you kind of unrelated, but are you, are you, do you watch Degrassi? Are you one of the Degrassi people? I've I, watched like the early ones. Right? Oh, because they're all on like uh, YouTube right now, hey? Like all the seasons. So like, I think it's take, getting a resurgence. And <laughs> yeah, we were just getting into it. Oh my gosh. And it's, oh man, well, it starts really good, yeah. And then, I don't know, a lot of them fall off, but <laughs> I like the ones where that are just like a strict moral message. Like, like after they, school they, special crap? Yeah. Yeah, like, where they. Oh they, my gosh, don't get kidnapped. Yeah, there's, there's so much better when it's that, that before it turns into like a teen drama or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, when the story, when they sacrifice story for the message, that was when it was good. Because like the, the morals are so fucked up by the end like there's no like <laughs> I don't know why I talked about Degrassi but yeah it's like they, they it don't, they're, awesome. they're so they're so lost by the by the next I mean I haven't even seen like the, the Netflix one it was the first show to say fuck on TV <sighs> Degrassi right oh yeah and then oh that's that's the segue um, we did that that music video me and Curtis we did that little like for the Super Eight, the one take Super Eight, one take Super Eight, because with Paved Arts, and we covered um, the Degrassi song. What is it? Uh, Everybody wants something, they never give up. <laughs> Everybody wants something, they'll <laughs> take your money and never yes, give up. Classic Degrassi. Yeah, and we, they played it like on the big screen, <laughs> and like none of the audio was like lined up very good or anything. But it was, yeah, it was so good. We just filmed it. Yeah, we filmed it in PA. I went to PA. <laughs> went to nice. Prince Albert. Got you. Got to go to Prince Albert for any video you're filming. Most idyllic location. 
<laughs> but <laughs> classic then, PA. Yeah. Paved arts. I gotta start going there more. That's the Saskatoon thing that is good. Like totally. An actual sick collective. There is so many good Saskatoon things. Uh, it's like I want to go back to PA, but there's no logical reason really to go back. Like I want Emma. To just, I know Emma and there. Curtis are there. Some of my best friends are there. Some of the most creative people I know are there, I guess. Coincidentally, you're here, but you know, uh, I yeah. don't actually hang out. And apparently we live super close to each other. What? Well, I'm on, I'm on blah, beep, 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 beep. And I'm blah, 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 blah. Apparently you skate by like somewhere like super close to my house, which is that burp, coffee burp, and that what used to be Whiskey Jacks and oh, is now fill in yeah, the that, blank. That's my central location. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because there's nothing to actually skate there, so like nobody, well, it's kind of smooth, but like nobody's ever there to skate, so it's just like, and it's close. Yeah. And uh, it was just, that was the first curve I ollied up after I was like, that was my recovery curve, because it was so small, it was like an inch tall, and then it like slowly progressed up. <laughs> we got to like a normal size. Oh man, I missed, I missed the, I was thinking about if a big thaw would have happened, you know? Spring would just happen. That'd be, and I could go do a kickflip outside. I thought about getting my longboard out, but then I'm like, mm, <laughs> I'm too old and I might die. Yeah, it's yeah. If you let yourself like get get too, yeah, you, I don't know what how to say it, like out of shape almost, or like just like forget how to skate a little bit. Like skating becomes like, yeah, really dangerous all of a sudden. Or if you don't like know how to skate, like, yeah, it, it is really dangerous, but then it becomes like, cause it, skating is like humbling. It just like it tosses you or just like, you never know what to expect. I thought longboarding would be safer, you know, long base, bigger center of gravity. Nope. Yeah. What you got one and you when did you and did you eat it? <laughs> did you fall over? Yeah, tried it a couple of times. <laughs> no. Nope. Yeah. So now you did. Mm. Now, now we can turn your longboard. Now we can turn it. We can turn it into something. Yes. Put a giant crate on it or something. Make it look Ooh. make like a mini car on top. I do have a lot of crates. Or we could, yeah, you just use like the wheel, like the trucks and take them off and make like a cardboard car around them. You know how they do around bikes? <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, and quite a while ago, I did order some longboard motorized wheels on a Kickstarter. That was like five years ago. Wow, I was always, I always think, or I was always talking about motorized wheels. If those ever come out, then you're, yeah, that's, I want If I they know. come, I'll let you know. Because I was thinking, yeah, like in the future, we'll totally have like wheels that when you throw down your board, it like, it kind of just keeps your momentum going. Like there's some sort of like 
perpetual motion inside where it just like you don't slow down the same like you know if they with, come that'd be yeah it would be sweet but we'll review them we'll make like a video <laughs> just like wipe out probably i <laughs> think i'd buy a bear suit you know like the one that the guy wore to face a bear in like that red one yes yeah <laughs> it's just like a crash test dummy almost or something probably I thought you were going to say they did it in the new Jackass. And I was like, oh, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I haven't seen any of the Jackasses. Hey, yeah. Catherine hadn't either. And I, I was like, made her, didn't make her watch them. But we ended up watching like the, the second one. And then like part of the third one. And like, I don't know. It's like, it's way, has, it's way more charming when they didn't have like millions of dollars <laughs> when it was like just like shopping cart stunts i'm realizing like it's kind of lost something now that they're like millionaire i'm not going to get into jackass talk but i could <laughs> like for years i've been calling a vegan omelet a vomlet <laughs> and people keep laughing at me for some reason and they're like uh <laughs> haven't you seen jackass and i'm like no (laughs) that's from jackass yeah um catherine hadn't hadn't seen that vomlet either i don't think she's seen it yet but that was so gross that shit made me (laughs) i didn't like that when i first saw that it's like actually makes you gag watching but because yeah yeah don't watch it maybe if you don't want necessarily gag because he's just like trying to make himself puke and he's like not really able to make himself puke very well so he's just like trying to jam his fingers down his throat for so long he's just like so teary-eyed <laughs> just like <laughs> it reminds me of <laughs> like a <laughs> um i don't know the come omelet are you aware of that <laughs> that that x-rated internet phenomenon it's just no. like they made <sighs> yeah they're well good i guess they made an omelet out of cum and it just like it looks like normal eggs and stuff it is like the grossest fucking part so like after watching that it's like anytime i was cooking like normal eggs it was just like it looked like a cum omelet i was just like i don't know fucking out. isn't that what normal eggs are though <laughs> basically that's the thing it's like it's so similar it's like <laughs> like except one of them would smell a lot like more like eggs than the other I feel like every person I talk to, I end up bringing up the come omelet too, just to try and <laughs> lessen the burden it's taken on my mind. That's like Please. me and bringing up turd feedy. <laughs> Tell me about turd feedy. Well, <laughs> turd feedy is much like gruff feedy, but it's written in turds. Uh, and what's your you have experience firsthand with this? It sounds like. <laughs> well, Did you have to clean up a bar or something. One occasion, I was out and about in the before <laughs> times, and I happened across a turd feedy, 
written in a lady's room. And I was with my sister and I was like, hey sis, look, it's a turd feedy. And we both looked at it and it did not smell too nice. And of course we're laughing and we're like, oh my gosh, it's real. <laughs> I, we just thought it was something, you know, the internet made up. Yeah, this can't be real. <laughs> <laughs> Did it say anything? Mm. I guess that's the big question. That's the big question. Was it legible? It, it was <laughs> like a picture of something crudely drawn. <laughs> <laughs> And it was an illegible, like, writing of something. Yeah, because it's like, how <laughs> how good do you have to be to, like, yeah, like, accurately write with your poop, hey? <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, that, that's a talent on its own. <laughs> and, yeah, if it was good, then that would be, that would raise so many more questions for some reason. Thank, oh, thanks. That's that helps. That helps my mind. <laughs> For some reason, that makes me feel that didn't weigh me. That makes me feel lighter. <laughs> Good. Because that's just laughter. That's just laughter. <laughs> um, yep. Okay. One one more pointless story. Um, when I, <laughs> um, you know, RoboCop. Anyone who knows me knows what I'm going to talk about. Um, Robocop, I, I'm like the new, I guess the old one's obviously really good. Like the one from the 80s is obviously good. But then when I was, when I was bedridden, I like, someone online convinced me that the best thing for broken bones was to microdose acid. <laughs> so I got acid and was like, was like fucked up on acid at that point, like couldn't move. And then like watching, like I, I watched like the new RoboCop and like the new RoboCop, like I thought it was so good when I was high on acid. I was just like, I was in tears basically. Like I was like, I was feeling for that guy so bad. And it was just like texted my dad that I had to like watch, that he had to watch it. And he's just like, okay. And then kind of like the next day or whatever, a little more clear headed. I just like, was looking up reviews and like nobody liked it. Like it's rated so poorly. Like the new RoboCop is just like a three out of ten movie and stuff. But it just every time I was thinking about it for a while, I was just like crying basically. Just like, uh, fucking Robo like RoboCop. The new RoboCop was so powerful. <laughs> There's a new RoboCop. Well, it wasn't even that new. I think it was when was it from? Like 2016 or something. I should look, but it's like, I don't know. I should watch it again. Robocop 2014. Yeah, there's, it's, it's <laughs> I don't know. I remember it being like, yeah, it was like really good because I couldn't like turn it off and like I wanted to turn it off. It's just like pretty bleak and stuff. And I just like kind of was just trapped watching it as you do. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, just like really melted into my mind for a while. Because he like, he he like gets hurt, and then they like they like yeah, both to a way more greater extent, and then they like 
like when he wakes up, he's like in a, like most of his body's kind of not, not like whatever. He has like a, a head and a spinal column basically in there. Like, and then the rest is in like a suit, like connected to a suit. And then he's like, get, let me out of here. And then they let him out of there. And then he can't do anything. And it's just like a little head. And it's just like the most like appalling imagery. And yeah, I was like, I'm Robocop, I guess. I can't, I'm, I'm him, I can't move. And now then I'm gonna son. have to check it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's like, and then whatever they like replace his, I forget how it works, but his brain is like, like he, it's all like, all his memories are stored somehow. And then like, somehow he glitches out his brain and he forgets a bunch of stuff. I'm, I'm butchering it. He break, forgets a bunch of stuff, and he eventually they they like turn, well they can like turn off his feelings kind of so they like dial down all his empathy and stuff and like so he's not really himself anymore. He's just like like nobody or whatever. He's RoboCop and like he's just like walking by his son and stuff like right after he's like rehabilitated and he just like doesn't look at his son. And it's just like <laughs> I was just like oh. <laughs> That's another thing, yeah, I just always have to talk about, talk about RoboCop with you. Get that off my psyche. Off my brain. Have you done any, um, so have you done any live performances in the last few, two years, two whatever years? Not really. Unless you count performing for dogs. Well, and Instagram, I guess, counts, right? You did some Instagram live. Oh, yeah. Maybe that counts. I guess that counts. Some people don't think it counts. They're like purists. But like, and then I haven't heard their music in two years. But it's like, if you would have just like, you know, filmed something, I probably would have, whatever. Like it's cool how some stuff at least is transitioning to be like online as well. But because I love videos. So it's like now I just see so many videos. Yeah, and like at the start, of the, I was saying like that the pandemic really highlighted like that entertainers or whatever and artists are like a real trade, like a real profession that like people actually need. Like when we were all like locked down or whatever, and like you know, we were actually just trying and like living through our TVs and like watching TV and like, I don't know, like watching media and like entertaining ourselves. Like it felt like yeah, waiting for like that it actually mattered. I don't know, but media mattered. Media does matter, so it's good. Like if you're making it to make like good stuff that like matters, but it's it's hard when everything costs money. Oh, for sure. I don't think there should be money. <laughs> Just to alienate further, I don't think that there should be. I think we should probably find a way to not have to pay for food in a world where we have enough food. What the fuck? <laughs> but yeah, everyone go to John, or yeah, john1000.bandcamp.com. Check it out. John one zero zero zero. You can see um, 
basically like a, like a chronology of just like memories put into kind of like song soundscape form mixed with just yeah there's so much so much like uh, what do you call it like a soundscaping I guess but like so much just sampling in there so many um, <laughs> really weird uh, sounds gate <laughs> yeah check it out it's some of it's pretty um, bad but I mean that's the point of it is to because it's hard to not be embarrassed and just take down your stuff so I'm just like making a point of just like you know trying to keep making stuff and just not not being self-critical and if you want to check out my YouTube, you should check it out. I think it's John Kendrick. <laughs> I could, or John Harrison Kendrick. I'm going Harrison Kendrick more in the art world now. So it's like to, to define me. It's like, cause there's other John Kendricks, but there, when I Google it, there's not really other John Harrison Kendricks. So I'm going by the hyphenated now. So I think, yeah, my YouTube's John Harrison Kendrick. And it's Jonathan. J-O-N, guys. No H is in there. That would make me a whole other person. And um, I, know I have a lot. You can get on my Twitter. I'm Kankpace on Twitter. <laughs> Just give you all my shoutouts. You can follow me for, I don't know. I'm always trying to do original content, so I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'd probably get more follows and stuff if I were to. But I always try to make original stuff. Always try to make use original sounds. And I just... I try to keep like like underground kind of like you know not in a self-defeating way but just in a <laughs> in a way that I make music for myself or make like art for myself hopefully like like I don't know I never want to be pandering yeah definitely <laughs> folks I urge you follow my pal John yeah, yeah, I just deleted my Instagram, but I have another one if you want to find it. I think it's Kankface again, but I only post fingerboard clips again. I only post, I'm only posting fingerboard on there. <laughs> just to, <laughs> and maybe I'll make an art account. I have like a, like a website, but it's not like a real website. It's just like a, what do they call those? The Google, Google.sites. And that's like, I think it's the Kankpace.site. And it's kind of got old stuff on there and it might be kind of broken, but it's got stuff on there. And I tried to make it an adventure, <laughs> make it like an old website where you have to click through a lot of stuff. A choose your own. Yeah. After I yeah, took art of the internet <laughs> with John Bath, with legendary art history professor, John Bath. Oh man. I was so inspired by websites and I just really wanted to be on like the way back machine. I was just like, so like, that's, my, that's the way to be immortalized. I guess closer into anything on the internet is just like kind of get on the way back machine was my understanding at the time. So I was like, I'm going to put it all on my Google sites and then take a snapshot. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, yeah, my, like, I guess to say one more thing, my, my, Last year, I wanted to just post as much as possible. And I thought that might work, and I, so I posted as much as possible. And now this year, I'm posting as less as least as possible, which is still like a lot, but it's it's changing like how I'm. It's making me like really think about what I post, and now I'm posting a bit better stuff. So just experimenting with different. Like yeah, yeah last year I was just like 
so on social media and on the internet and like posting everything and it fucked me up almost in a way i don't know just it stressed me out in the just that i don't know <laughs> i don't want to get into it don't want to complain because my life is really good but my friends at the time man you guys need to straighten up and stop being fucking right-wing supporters <laughs> and now all my friends now all my friends now hate nazis so that's what i want I want fucking, I don't want to be associated with people that sympathize with like Nazis, you know, sympathize with that kind of shit. I'm just going <laughs> to say that. And that's the problem is like, because for a long time, I just, I think everyone thought I, well, because I was, I just wouldn't ever challenge anyone on that kind of shit. You know, it's like, you, I did the classic, like, think they were kidding. And now it's like, yeah, so sorry if you got the wrong understanding. I don't know. I, I was such a pushover, I guess, with just like laughing along with fucking Nazi jokes. <laughs> I'm just like so sick of it and so so over it. And it's like, it's like how can like ten years pass? And, like you guys not grow up. <laughs> ba ba ba. Thanks for coming on and talking about your art and being yeah. honest and telling yep. your tales. Uh, I'm Andrea, the narrative, and uh, yeah, John. Yeah, we should do it again, and um, we'll show each other our favorite TikToks or something. Be real pandering. Yeah. <laughs> Be really positive. Uh, thanks for joining me today. Uh, I'm Andrea, the narrative. This was my life on the Sask Music D-List, and uh, my guest today was John. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. Join next time for another episode of My Life on the Sask Music D-List. Love, light, and blessings, and take care. Mm-hmm.